today I'm with Jay Lander, my friend Jay Lander, and uh, we've known each other for a few years because we still, I think we just were just talking about that. We met on Hey Arnold. Yeah. So, probably in 95? Is that sound right? 94, 95? I was on Rocco from 93 to 96. But okay. I was just upstairs, I guess. Right. Right. But we, so were, we the arm people were not, were not allowed no. to go upstairs. Yeah, and no, we didn't want to go people. downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so it's probably, yeah, 96, I think, right? Yeah. 96, 97. So what were you doing on, on Hey Arnold? Um, initially, I was brought in to do storyboard, uh-huh. and it was my first TV job. I had been struggling to find work in animation for about a year and a half and had been absolutely unable to get work anywhere. And, and I've come up with the explanation well, for this, <laughs> aside from the obvious fact that I had no idea how to do anything back then. <laughs> um, it's that when a new production starts... They hire the people they know first, mm-hmm. and then you hire friends of friends, and then you hire whoever's sitting in the lobby. Yeah. And I was new in the industry, <laughs> and I didn't know anyone, so yeah. it was impossible for me to get a job. I would go down and try to apply at a place like Bear Animation, which did mm-hmm. commercial stuff. They were just across the street from Hanna-Barbera on Ventura. Oh, yeah. And I would go in and I'd say, oh, hey, yeah, I'm that's a right. I remember. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I just graduated from college, and I want to get a job. <laughs> and they say, leave your portfolio, and I'd give it to them, and they'd say, oh, you know what, why don't you come back in two weeks? We'll have some jobs available then, and I'd come back in two weeks, and they would say, you should have been here last week. We, <laughs> gave, we gave out four jobs. And it went like that for oh. a year and a half, and there was really? just no hope. I couldn't find So you work. had never worked in animation before, Arnold? I, I did a or little did something bit. something before, like a year when, and a half before? When I, yeah, exactly. When I first got out of college, I got an internship on uh, Cats Don't Dance. Oh. And yeah. they were, they, this was back when Hanna-Barbera, or Turner Pictures it was, because Turner mm. had just bought them, was trying to set up a feature unit. And the first movie that they were going to make was Cats Don't Dance. And they wanted to groom their own crew, yeah. like Disney yeah. did. So they did this internship, and I somehow got into it right out of college. And they trained us how to do in-betweening, but really how to do clean-up uh, drawings, because that's where they needed the manpower. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And that was like a, a six-week thing, and I went there every day, and I learned some cool skills, mm. you know, like real industry skills that they never taught you when you were at, at CalArts. Oh, yeah. Um, or at least not like you like you needed to know. We were, they were letting us make our own films, and that's great. But then when I need to have a work-a-day job, what do I know how to do? And the answer is, you know, I know how to direct a movie. But they're not <laughs> going to give you that job right out of school. So uh, I did that internship there, and then that became a short-lived job on The Page Master. Oh, I see. Which yeah, I it, remember that. If you yeah. haven't seen it, don't. <laughs> um, it's it's truly well, I'll awful. Point it, I'll put a link to it. Yeah, yeah, please do. And I, I don't yeah. even know if, if Warner Brothers wants people knowing the way that movie. There's got to be clips of it. I, I I got the lowest job that you can possibly have in theatrical animation, uh-huh. which is uh, special effects in betweening. Yes, yes. So <laughs> like a water and uh, lightning, exactly. Fire stuff. So when yeah. when the but in between, not even designing the. Yeah. Oh no no! Yeah, I had yeah. an animator, and I had to do what he he wanted uh-huh. me to do. Uh, and he was a great guy, John Armstrong, and did brilliant work. But you know what? What our job was on that production was this: 
Whoopi Goldberg is a flying fantasy-themed book uh-huh. who's there to teach Macaulay Culkin about ethics and wisdom or whatever it is that is going on in that movie. I don't remember. <laughs> Thank God. Now I'm going to have to start forgetting it again. So is it because the Black Cauldron was such a huge hit that they wanted to do <laughs> stuff like that? <laughs> I, I don't know what was going their through their heads. Yeah. So Whoopi Goldberg as a book flies across the screen and pixie dust is going to come mm-hmm. out of her ass. My animator draws the first frame with 10,000 dots at the top of the screen. And I have to do 12 seconds of 10,000 dots falling down the screen. And I did about six weeks of that and thinking, I'm an animator now. On that one scene, six weeks. Well, that that kind of thing. There was that. There were floating glasses and just, you know, little things that don't really matter. It's waves and lightning Mm -hmm. and, and pixie dust. But in this movie, lots and lots of pixie dust because... That's the mark of quality uh-huh. <laughs> when you're trying yeah, to compete yeah. with Disney. If you can have more dots than them, you're <laughs> onto something. So I did that for six or seven weeks. And when it was done, I, I counted up what I had done. And I realized I was responsible for about 12 seconds of footage. But not 12 seconds of everything that's happening on screen, not even 12 yeah, seconds yeah. of character work, just 12 seconds of dust. And I said, this is not for me. I, I need to... Yeah cover more ground. So I I heard about, at that point, TV storyboarding, and I thought, this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But But it was what year? Like that would be a year and a half before. Yeah, well, yeah, that would be 93 or something like Mm -hmm. that. So Nickelodeon had already started stuff. Yeah, they they were in rented space all over town, but but at that point, I think they were only doing Ren and Stimpy. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, Ken Bruce, who had been a teacher of mine at CalArts, um, called me up in 1995 or whenever it was that Hey Arnold started. And mm-hmm. he said, I know you're having trouble finding a job. I'm working at Ren and Stimpy. I just heard they're starting to look for employees for this new show, Hey Arnold. Today, go now, now, now. And I, I was up in Valencia. I hadn't even uh-huh. left that town after school because why yeah. bother? There was nothing to move toward. There was no job. And I... I, I was terrified that I was going to miss this opportunity. I ran out. The mm-hmm. phone was flying in the air like a, a cartoon. And I drove 80 miles an hour from Valencia down to Burbank in this rented space that Nickelodeon had yeah. at 4040 Vineland. <laughs> and I was the first guy through the door when they started hiring. So I finally got to be the guy in the lobby. I wasn't a friend. I wasn't a friend of a friend. I was the guy in the lobby. And at that point... They need asses in chairs. So we'll take you. You don't know how to do really? anything. No test, nothing. Just No, there was a yeah, test. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I compress it yeah. uh, so you don't have to hear all the, the boring no, details. No, interesting. No, no. Because when I was there, I remember everybody from Rocco, which was ending, mm-hmm. went to Harold. So that filled up probably I, 90%. Right. By the I time was you there, arrived, it was well, probably almost I was there filled. before that. That's the thing. Oh, they had made yes, okay. they had made their pilot, <clears throat> and they got the green light to start the show. But what was going to happen is they were bringing on one team at a time. So every week mm-hmm. there would be two new storyboard people until they had, I think, five teams yeah. eventually. And I got there. It's the first day. They hadn't hired anybody but Tuck Tucker. He was the only mm-hmm. guy, like literally the only employee who was there. Other people who had made the pilot had long since gone yeah, because yeah. They, they were months past that. So they said, great, you did okay on the storyboard test. 
you're going to be a storyboarder. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be a storyboarder. I'm going to do everything I want to do. And they said, you'll start in the fourth rotation. Your storyboard partner will arrive in four weeks. In the meantime, how would you like to do some background layout and background designing? And I'm like, great. I would love to do that. That'll be fun. Sure. So I'm... Designing locations, redesigning Arnold's house to a degree, uh-huh. uh, just kind of you know polishing up existing designs and making all kinds of new things like the aquarium that you see in uh, mm-hmm. the first episode and and that kind of thing. And I made the mistake of distinguishing myself in that job. So five weeks roll around, and I'm supposed to become a storyboarder, and they're thinking to themselves, well. We can let Jay do this thing that we don't know if he knows how to do, storyboarding, or we can leave him in this other job that he's doing a pretty good job on. So they left me in that other job that paid half as much, and they brought in a new guy and gave him my, well, I, I make air quotes, yes. my job. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I say this, when I say they, I'm talking about Nickelodeon brass. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about yeah. the, the artists. Yeah. And, you know, This is not something that that Craig Bartlett would have had anything to do mm-hmm. with. And frankly, I understand the studio's position. You know, it doesn't solve their labor problem to move me from one job to another. And then what about the guy who replaces me in background? Yeah, what, or, we or a girl. A new guy. Yeah. You know, who, what what's kind of work is huh. that person going to do? So it makes but sense. But did you tell them you'd rather do boards? I did. Yeah. And they job, said, yeah. well, we'd rather you do this, and what we'd rather have happen is what happens. <laughs> and mm. I got it. So, you know, I, I kept doing the backgrounds, and I enjoyed it. It was a load of fun. Mm. And every once in a while, I would grouse a little bit, and they would throw me some storyboard cleanup mm-hmm. or a sequence from a show. That's how I ended up um, boarding the end of the Pigeon Man episode. Oh, I see. Um, that was just for me agitating. Uh Um, And eventually, after a couple of years of that, I said to them, look, you guys told me I was going to be a storyboarder. It hasn't happened yet. I need to do that for Mm -hmm. myself. So either you're going to do it or I'm going to leave. And everyone said, oh, my God, Jay, you're insane. Don't leave. Mm -hmm. You'll never find another job. And I, I think I understood at that point that we were still in this massive growth spurt coming out of Roger Rabbit and The mm-hmm. Little Mermaid and Rescuers Down Under. Right. Animation was booming everywhere. The Simpsons was in year three. Yeah, oh, my God, it's going to last new forever. Shows. Yeah. So, there were new shows. Yeah. Right. There were new shows everywhere. And I quit. And I went home. And I sat at home for about two weeks, and then I got a call from uh, Film Roman. They were doing a show called Sea Bear and Jamal, which was about a little black kid in south-central Los Angeles and his magical teddy bear voiced by Tone Loke. (laughs) That's that's a real thing. And they brought me in, and I got a storyboard job out of it, and I, I sucked. I mean, it was hard to... It's it's a lot to learn all at once. It's very, very hard. I remember when I was on Rock, I wanted to do boards. Like, after six months. I was doing backgrounds on characters. Mm-hmm. But then you get stuck in this job. And at the end, they know we like what you do. You got the style of the show now. You're not going to move into boards. Right. And I was the last one on Rocco, and 
I was promised a job on the Arnold. I, everybody, it was filled on the Arnold, you know. So I was again a designer. And mm-hmm. it's very hard to get into boards once, yeah, I mean, once you start as something else. But C is as what you do. And boarding is such a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, A, you have to be able to cartoon the characters. You need to be able to design a location and draw things moving in space. And then you need to know filmmaking and composition. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just for a scripted show like Seabear was or like Hey Arnold was. It's a whole other bag when you start talking about Rocco and SpongeBob and things yeah. where you're writing as you go. You're doing and, the editing too. That's right. And directing, basically, the same mm-hmm. directing as a director for yeah. the uh, Other people follow and refine your work or change mm-hmm. your work, but you're looking at that blank page, mm-hmm. and when you're done, there's a show there. Maybe it's a shitty show. Maybe it needs to be improved. But there's a lot going on in the, in the boarding process. Anyway, I did that for a couple of months. I did two or three of those shows, and then I got the call from Nickelodeon, which was along the lines of... We need a storyboarder. Would you mind coming back? Because the, the, the math had changed for them. It used to be, do we want Jay doing A or B? And then it mm. became, do we want Jay here at all? And thank God the answer was yes. So they brought me back in as a storyboarder, and I became Tuck, Tucker's partner, and then eventually worked my way into mm. Dan Poffenmeyer's office. So- and that would have been around the time that we met. Oh, I see. So, so you were doing boards when we met. Right. And and although I knew you were there, I don't think I knew you well. You were in I the queue. I was barely there on the Arnold. <laughs> you were barely, barely there, there on the Arnold. Yes. You, you, to me, were a lamp in a cubicle. Yeah. People would, I would say, where's Antoine? And they'd say, I don't know, that's his queue. And there would be the lamp. And I, I don't think I ever really met you. I mean, we met. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you we didn't work together. We were doing yeah, no. different kinds of jobs, yeah. and and on that story. And when I would job, visit Arnold, when I was upstairs, I would visit people I knew from Rocco who were on Arnold. Right. I wouldn't walk into people, you know, in the office. <laughs> people I don't know. I'm not I'm too shy. You know, you know. So you mentioned earlier that you went to CalArts. I did. That was ah, this. so that's like amazing because most people I talk to, they haven't gone to. School. That's an animation school. Right. It's, so, it's the second school I went to. So, so what, what, let's go back to when you grew up. You don't come from an artist family. Are there artists in your family other than you? Um, my mom is a performer oh, and yeah. did okay. some graphic art stuff just because mm-hmm. she was in that art world when she was younger. My dad was the life of the party, so a oh, performer yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the same way. But there are no, there were no other real uh, professional graphic artists. Yes, yeah, but that doesn't mean you're no artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is that what you want? Did you want to do animated cartoons when you grew up? What I, did you want to? Do? When I was a little kid, I knew it was going to be either comic books or yeah. cartoons, and I've been lucky enough to do both of them professionally. Not as much as I would like in either case, mm-hmm. but I've done both of them and. I, I I wish I could remember this moment, um, but I, I have dreams of, of what it must have been like when I finally understood that Bugs Bunny, that thing that I loved so uh-huh. much, <laughs> didn't just happen. <laughs> that people had to actually make that happen. It must have been like constant explosions in, <laughs> in my you know six-year-old brain to realize what... That's a drawing? You can draw that? What? 
people wrote those lines. They don't just happen. I mean, when you're a little kid, you look at that, it's the same exact thing as watching The Wizard of Oz. Maybe you understand that there are people standing somewhere Mm -hmm. and other people filming them. But that's the way it works with Bugs Bunny too, yeah. right? Where they're just filming Bugs Bunny. But it's Bunny. even more accessible because you can't be the actor in The Wizard of Oz, but you could draw. You could learn how to draw yeah. Bugs Bunny and make him so move. Yeah. I, I think I, at some point I figured that out, and I knew that that's what it was going to be. But here's, here's the art connection that I had growing up. So my family was in the bagel business. We made Lender's Bagels. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that we did, one of the things that my dad did when he was promoting this company is, A, go around and make a fool of himself anywhere he can. He was the so salesman. Promote, yeah. He so was the image of the company? The, the image of the yeah. company was, he was the face of the company. Mm-hmm. And our image was that we were a family-owned business from a small-ish town, which we were, and that uh, we were personal. So my dad would go around and he would go into the office of the the buyer for a supermarket chain and he'd pitch him on the bagels. And 10 minutes later, my dad is jumping up and down on this guy's desk and my dad pulls down his pants and he's got underwear on that says, buy our bagels on it (laughs) because he'll do whatever he needs to do to make the sale. And part of that that sort of family, that that, uh, neighborhood feeling that we had was in the art style that we had on the bags and in all of the advertisements. It was made by someone in a family or you... It was not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honorary family member because yeah. we were all very, very tight-knit. So we had uh, a guy named Willie Evans who was the art guy at Lender's Bagels. And I used to go hang out at the factory at my father's office on a Sunday. My dad would get me out of the house. He'd drag me down to the office. I'd spend half an hour walking through the factory line looking at the most unbelievable machines to make bagels. (laughs) I'd grab a burning hot bagel off the line, stick it in my shirt because it was too hot to hold on to. And then I'd go watch my dad make phone calls for five minutes before Uh I got bored. And then I would go hang out with Willie. And Willie had an office, an office, I'm making air quotes, that was essentially a cleared out section of floor in a storeroom in the attic. And I would go weave my way through all the boxes in the storeroom and hang out watching him drawing uh, cartoon stuff for the ads, learning how to use the waxer. Eventually he got a photostat machine. Wow. That was like a big moment. With the the crank? mm -hmm, uh, Well, no, it it was like a photographic, um, system for shooting black and white high contrast images. Um, and that was like, you know, this is way before Uh computers. I would hang out with him. He taught me how to prepare a desk for inking with the Windsor Newton series Mm -hmm. seven, number two brush. So the same stuff as for comic books, basically. Exactly. And, and, you know, he was doing that kind of thing. He wasn't doing a lot of sequential, but he was doing some sequential Mm -hmm. art and he had this really great, friendly cartoon style that everyone just loved. He wasn't a great draftsman and he knew it. Like he would mm-hmm. look at Jack Davis work and just cry, boy, if I had that guy's uh-huh, chops, uh-huh. but he had this great approachable uh, quality to his work. And part of that is because he came out of poster painting. So when you went to the deli back in the fifties and they had a special on Turkey 
and there's that painting yeah. on the glass that says 50% mm. off turkey, and there's a little guy with rosy cheeks <laughs> holding up a turkey leg. That's what Willie used to do. Um, he used to do that. He, he did a lot of work in egg tempera paint. So we oh. would do, we'd have big cutout letters and standees that he would make yeah, yeah. of cartoon characters. Do you still have some of that, his stuff? I have some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, every Jew in New Haven, Connecticut has 10 pieces by <laughs> Willie over the rafters in their garage <laughs> because he used to make birthday cards for people oh, that were, yeah. you know, like life-sized cards and he'd send huh. them out. So I, this guy once uh, on a dare painted a ceiling in a tuxedo. To prove he could do it without getting a drop on himself, and he won. Um, and he was the greatest. He introduced me to other cartoonists' work, just sort of lamenting that he couldn't do what mm. they did. Yeah. And and I hung out with him. And then as the company grew, they got more employees and brought those other people in with different styles. And they so were did you younger. know the people he was talking about, the comic books he was talking about? Were you reading that I, stuff at I, that time? I was starting really to young? see it. Yeah. I was very young. Yeah. I, so I, it didn't always register with me. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I got into comic books, and then you hear about people like Jack Davis and yeah. EC Comics <clears> and all of those people who were doing work back in the 40s and 50s, and then you hear about illustrators from mm-hmm. the 20s and 30s, your knowledge expands. And... You know, I don't know that Willie knew all of those people, but he was like the tip of the spear yeah. and let me get into that world. And when all the other people came in, younger people with different styles and different experience, I could hang out with them and learn their style and hear about what they knew. There, there was a guy, Bob Sayaski, who came in who was young. He was only, you know, 20 years older than me, and he had gone to the Joe Kubert School. Mm-hmm. And he was there at the same time as John Tottleman, and they were best buddies. And I remember as I'm reading Alan Moore's run on the Swamp Thing, Bob went to go hang out with with John Tottleman. And he came back with full-sized Xeroxes of Swamp Thing pages, the black Uh and white pages, which he shared with me. And I, you know, greedily (laughs) held on to them. I still have those Xeroxes Uh upstairs because... It was like, oh my God, this is what an actual comic book page yeah, looks like. Yeah, the first like. time you see one, it's big and it's yeah, very and, different. And yeah. it was beautiful and, and you know, I, I got to hang out with all of these people and learn all of this stuff. And I knew then it was going to be comics, it was going to be animation. It was possible to do it because I could see professional artists yeah. working yeah. in the end of the field that made sense to me. I mean, it wasn't like a guy with a beret a with a pallet. It was a job also. It was, yeah. We're making a living from it. It's not like... Right. But <clears throat> working our way up to college, um, I'm in New Haven, Connecticut. And in New Haven, Connecticut, there's art school and not art school. And if you go to art school, there's Rhode Island School of Design and there's Pear in New York. Mm. And you can't see anything else past the glow of Rhode Island School of Design. If you expect to pick up a pencil and draw something, you go to RISD. Uh-huh. It didn't even occur to me that there was more. And when I toured the place, I said, hey, I want to do Bugs Bunny. They said, oh, yeah, well, we do animation. Come here. <laughs> so I went there, and you do a year of foundation classes yeah. where they teach you 2D and 3D and never touch specialty. <laughs> and... Then second year you specialize. And I said, all right, bring on the animation. And they started me in a class where it's like 
festival stuff for the Film Board of Canada, and they want me to move beads around under the camera. And I'm like, wait, where's where's Bugs Bunny? What, what are you guys doing to me? You promised me. And they got all huffy with me. And they said, why don't you go to CalArts? They'll make you draw a bear head turning from left to right, and it has to be the same bear all the way through. <laughs> And I said, sign me up. What a concept. I know. <laughs> I, I had never heard of it, though. I'd yeah. never heard of CalArts. So I wrote away for the, the application package that day. And I filled it out. And I got in. And I drove out to California Very that cool. summer. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled into town. And I got myself an apartment because after two years in art school, there was no way I was going to go back into the dorms <laughs> with another crew of art, artists. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I started specializing, but back at, at, I mean, when I started at CalArts, I had to you started first year. I did. Yeah, I had yes, to start over pre- again. Yeah. yeah. So the program was so specialized that the stuff I had learned at, at RISD really wasn't mm-hmm. valuable. And it, you know, I was a little bit bitter about it because of the lost, supposedly mm-hmm. lost time, but they were right. I mean, they started me right away on animation-specific classes. And while they didn't necessarily give me skills that you could Mm -hmm. use, they gave me training and foundational stuff that was specific to animation, and it it was fantastic. And at least at the beginning, because I was a little bit older, because I had been to art school, Mm -hmm. for about five minutes, I was like the guy to beat (laughs) in my class. Yeah, you were not brand new to the... Right. And I had, you know, I had some life drawing ability, but I froze up fast when I was there and everyone just blew by me. And I watched people get picked off the vine, you know, like sophomore year, Disney's starting to come in and grab people and take them away for real jobs. Like wow. I was in so there. There, with, there were not even. They didn't even need to, to do the four years. No, no. Jobs, like way Pete Doctor was my year. And he, I mean, he drew like you wouldn't believe. He was a great animator. And he had that very Disney sensibility mm-hmm. that is, you know, it's, it's a fantastic. School, basically, but it was a Disney school. I don't know now. It, but it, it was. was and, he? you know, he did, he did a movie. A, he finished the movie, which I couldn't have imagined doing with my own stuff. And B, the animation was beautiful. Yeah. Everything about it was gorgeous. I, I was in classes with people who were insanely great artists. Mm-hmm. And I never really had that really amazing ability. But is it good or bad? Does it influence you? Does it make you feel bad about your own style? Or does oh, it I, I, push I, you to get better? I felt like crap forever. Yeah. And and it pushed me to get better, but it, all that stuff felt like it was out of reach to me. And yeah. I think what I learned... And, you know, I've already talked a little bit about what my progression was starting out in in animation, Mm -hmm. special effects animation, and then storyboarding. Uh, I learned over the years that I'm a generalist. That in in a way, I think what I'm best at is filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And I have good enough art skills, good enough character drawing skills to communicate my ideas in storyboard form. Or to draw a background for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I the guy who's going to go out and animate one of these amazing scenes mm-hmm. from Klaus? No. Can, 
Can I storyboard that for you? Yeah, probably. Are, are my boards going to be the slickest boards? No, but they'll be good. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sort of wired in that way to be a, a director or a showrunner or supervisor. Yeah. Um, I, you know, eventually I, I did work my way into that role. Mm-hmm. After uh, Hey Arnold, there was SpongeBob, where I added writing to drawing and storyboarding yeah. and designing. And then after that, I got into pure screenwriting for uh, video games. And then, But going back to the school, yeah. so you did the four years. You did the whole thing, right? Four okay. after two, yeah. Four after two, yeah, that's right, four after two. So what happened right after? Is that the year and a half that you couldn't find? That was work? the year and a half. Oh, yeah, I Yeah, so it was right after that that I did that internship, mm-hmm. and then I had that very quick job on PageMaster, yes. yeah. and then it was just year and a half of like tumbleweeds. We were still in Valencia, yeah. And it was a really Literally rough time. Valencia, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, at the time that I was there, that town, it was like cowboy country. I mean, oh, there I were people yeah. driving around in... <laughs> Trucks with gun racks in the back who had never seen a Jew before. And I I don't say that lightly. I say that because I had experiences with them where it was clear that I was the first one. And they're like, where are your horns? (laughs) Um, But now it's really, really developed. And the place where I used to live, you would open the door and there was a dry wash. There was a dry riverbed across the street. Mm -hmm. And now it's four-story buildings everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I've expanded my skill set. My, my skill set gets broader, mm-hmm. but none of my individual skills get very, very, yeah. very deep. And when so, I so far, you haven't had the opportunity to really improve in one skill, but probably you didn't really, that's not what you wanted to do. Well, I, I, that's I mean, what I learned. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought in the beginning, I first that, thought when you really wanted to do storyboards for Harry Arnold, I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. But I, maybe. And before that, I thought I wanted to, to be an animator. I wanted to animate Bugs Bunny. And oh, flip, I, mean, I wanted to roll oh, pages. Yeah. You know, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. to do yeah. those skills. But yeah. I just learned that I'm not as interested in mm-hmm. the moment as, yeah, as I am in the overall. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, I, I had a, a supervising job on, on Phineas and Ferb. And then my writing partner, Micah Wright, and I went out and wrote yeah. and directed a live-action movie. And I, I developed a theory for myself on Phineas that I've now carried forward into other things. And that is, I don't ever want to work with anyone. Let me figure out the best way to say this. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that whoever I work with, they do their job better than I do their job. Yeah. Because if I do their job better than them, I'm going to spend all of my time redoing yeah. their work. And what I really want is to guide and mm. shape and then let people who are really, really good at what they do better than I am mm. come in and build on that and help me get it to places where I couldn't go. But that's the key. You want the best product, the best animated thing. It's yeah. not by getting people who are not as good as you. That's right. And, you know, there are, there are people in every field, I'm mm-hmm. sure, who love to be surrounded by people who are oh. not as good as they well, are. Well, I've met many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't, it's not good for the project. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I was working on, I, I think, you know, the first time you really, really encounter that, or the time that I really encountered that, was on SpongeBob. 
Uh, because so everyone when was Sponge, so you left Nickelodeon for you left after Aeronaut for that other project with uh, Whoopi yes, Whoopi that was Sea Bear and Jamal. Yeah. And then, and then and I then, came back and got a job storyboarding on Hey Arnold. On Hey Arnold again, because it was still going on. Yes. And and, it, and that job continued for another four years, I oh, think. Oh, four years. So you, it was you, oh, quite great. a while. Yeah. Maybe... So by that time, they had started other shows like Angry Beavers. Yes. Remember that? They had started maybe Cat Dog? No? No, not yet. So you they, went on Cat Dog. They did... They, no, not no. really. I did a little bit of work on hiatus. But uh-huh. um, at the time I came back to Hey Arnold, we were still in rented space. So yeah. Angry Beavers had just started up. They were in one building somewhere. Ren and Stimpy yeah. had wound down. They they had been in a different building. Rocco yeah. and Hey Arnold were in the same building, mm-hmm. but in separate rental spaces that yes. were not connected. On, on in Vining, any way. right? Was it still in Vining? Yeah. And in the middle of um, Hey Arnold, we moved everything over to the new studio, mm-hmm. which was in a rented space, but you know, like a ninety-nine year rental that they got on it, as I recall. Which one was that? The that one that was Olive. Oh, really? That's the studio. Oh, I didn't know it was I, rented. I think, I think initially oh, it was oh, rented. Oh, I see, I see. They've probably corrected that. They and it did was, a lot of work on that thing yeah. before we moved in. Yeah. At that studio, that's where Cat Dog got mm-hmm. started. And then mm-hmm. Angry Beavers came in and Arnold yeah. came in. And SpongeBob eventually uh, started up over yes. there. But the pilot had been done in another rented space oh. in 4040 Vineland. And... As I'm working on Hey Arnold and getting my legs as a boarder and, and really enjoying it, it was a great show. For whatever reason, I went upstairs one day into the other space and I was walking by a, like a broom closet into which they had shoved a six plate steam beck. So a big film editing bay ah. that was just crammed into this room. And prior to that, I knew that there was this guy, Steve Hillenberg, who had worked on on Rocco. He was the, mm-hmm. the head guy on Rocco. And Derek Dryman, who was working intermittently on, um, on A. Arnold, um, was working with him on this pilot. And we all knew something was going on in that tiny room that they were working in. But no one really knew what it was. And I was walking by that broom closet that day... And the film had just come back. It was the first day that film had come back on Sponge Boy, which is what they were calling it at the time. And I walked by that door, and inside the room, there was a wave of anchovy characters crashing over the mast in this restaurant that was shaped like a gigantic lobster pot. Mm -hmm. And I, I did like a cartoon double take because I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I mean, at first I didn't even understand what I was looking at. And then I stopped and I I sat there and watched that footage for a couple of minutes. And I went downstairs and they probably kicked me out. And I said, I need to be on that show, whatever it is. So as soon as they greenlit the, the series... I went to the bosses at Nickelodeon and I said, I need to be on this show. Mm -hmm. And they said, you're not going to be on that show because, again, we like you where you are. And this new show that you'd have to write. Can you write? You Mm -hmm. can't write. So I started feeling that itch. I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to quit. (laughs) And when we got to that point that SpongeBob was being picked up, I said... 
you guys are going to give me this job on SpongeBob or I'm going to quit. And they said, see you later. So I quit. Uh-huh. And I was home again for this time four weeks. For, and, th- and those were some long weeks because I thought maybe that trick doesn't work twice. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> eventually I got this call from Derek Dryman. He said, why don't you come in and do a test? How did he call you? What did he, how did he know you? He knew I you? was gone. And uh, knew you from he knew me from, from Hey Arnold. Arnold. I mean, yeah. not well, yeah. but I was, at, you know, at, at least a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. So in that yeah, yeah, second yeah. round of employees. And I was, in fact, in the second round of employees. So he called me up and he said, why don't you come down here and do a test for us? We want to see what your writing is like. And they told me to do something with Mr. Krabs and they said he's got a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I drew her as a shark. I don't think I even knew that she was a whale. Uh-huh. Um, and I did this weird little test on tiny, tiny little thumbnails. And they said, you know what? This is pretty good. Why don't you come in? We'll find something for you to do. So I came in and they handed me a board called Squeaky Boots. And they said, do some cleanup on this. And I did that for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then they handed me a show called, um, what was the next one? Pickles. Mm-hmm. And they said, this show isn't working. See if you can make this work. So I was a director suddenly. All right, super. So I'm filling in poses. I probably wrote a line or two. I don't really remember Mm -hmm. the details. And I cleaned it up, made it work filmically and all of that. And after a week of that, the door flies open and Derek runs in and says, come on with me. And he dragged me across the hall and threw me into a room with Chuck Klein. And he said... This is Chuck. He's your director. You're a writer. Go. And they handed us our first premise, and suddenly I'm on the show. With Chuck. With Chuck. Yeah, that's right. And it was, you know, we were probably at episode four or something like that, and the team that had been working there before me did not work out for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I have never known, and I never will. And we were that the the replacement crew. So... Chuck taught me how to write on mm-hmm. a storyboard-driven show. I'd never done it. I, you yeah. know, I had just figured out how to board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we started boarding, and we're writing. And I was too new and young to know what I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. so Which is good. It, it is good. <laughs> I mean, it would, I would have been terrified if I had mm-hmm. understood what was required and what was going to come, mm-hmm. but. You just did what you thought was funny, and you do that for two weeks. You rough out a, an, an idea into a show, and then Derek and Steve come in. Actually, they came in after the first week. Mm-hmm. So you would really have to crank yeah. through that show. So you have to have the whole 11-minute kind of worked out after a week. Yeah, something. Yeah. Just get yeah, yeah. something up on the board. And, and at the time, the board was the board. We were really working on the yeah. walls. Yeah, yeah. And Derek... Dryman and Steve Hillenberg would come in. They'd look at what you did and, yeah, it's not quite what we want. And then they would give you some direction. And the next time you did a, a version of it, it would be closer. So, you yeah. know, your job yeah. the first time around is to eliminate 180 degrees of the spectrum. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter whether what you do is good or bad. Uh-huh. People are going to look at it, and they're either going to say, yeah, like that, but more like this. Yeah. Or they're going to say, not like that. Yeah. Go this other direction entirely. Uh-huh. Either way, you've helped them, the creators of the show get where they need to be. So the second week after that, 
is rushing toward that point that they told you about. And you draw like crazy for another four days. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that fourth day, Derek and Steve would come into the room. And they would sit down. They'd close the door in its tiny little room. And you would stay there that night until the show was done. And that was nuts. And make a rough board and write it and make the visual gags so that it flowed and it was funny and it was good. And the next morning, we had to pitch it to the crew. And it's trial by fire. I mean, you're in front of an audience. You're getting up. You're dancing around, doing all the voices, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And they either laugh or they don't. Yeah, you have to be a performer now. Yeah. You're stuck in an office for weeks. With one other guy, you know, <laughs> and now you have to completely be out there, which is yeah, really a different job. I mean. It's nuts. And, and, you know, when those, I mean, the pitches were amazing. You would see other people's work fully mm-hmm. formed that you mm-hmm. hadn't really been aware of for two weeks and just amazed by what they could do that you couldn't do. Yeah. Again, it's that yeah. thing yeah. where you want to work with people who bring something mm-hmm. different to it. And I think everyone on the crew on, on SpongeBob would have had a different skill set. I feel like my job over there was to deliver a show that was going to work. Like they knew they could let Aaron Springer or Carl Greenblatt or Paul Tibbetts swing for the bleachers. Mm-hmm. And it either they're going to hit a, you know, a, a grand slam or it's going to fall short but Jay's show will work. So mm-hmm. one show in the half hour will be solid, but maybe not the funniest. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I think my job was. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I haven't had those conversations. But you'd watch the pitches and just be amazed. I, yeah. I remember Aaron Springer pitching the sweater made of tears in one episode huh. where SpongeBob knits a sweater for Squidward made out of eyelashes and it's a dumb visual gag and Spongebob has no eyelashes for mm-hmm. one scene after that. And I think Squidward rejects it. And Spongebob is like, I also made you this one from my tears <laughs> and holds up this giant teardrop in the shape of a sweater and it's wobbling. And just thinking, I could never come up with that idea, but I'm so glad to be yeah. with people who can do that. And I, I think People may have had that feeling about some things that I did, but I can't imagine what they are because mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing anything but what I do. Yeah, it's also that fine line where you're inspired by someone, but it's also kind of depressing because you, you're <laughs> like, I could never do this. I can never think of stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's crushing. It, it's really strange. Yeah, it's it's absolutely strange crushing. I, I remember you know, that experience of pitching. When it's really going well, you don't even know what's happening. Every mm-hmm. every time I had to pitch, I would have... A, is this a family podcast? I would have yeah. terrible diarrhea the morning of pitch. I would yeah. just empty out. <laughs> and then really? I would be like, yeah, let's go. It's time to go. Like and stage fright. I, it was. I, the yeah, funny thing is, is I, I didn't have the stage fright in my head. It was... Purely localized yeah. in my colon. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always felt totally fine about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to pitch. And then it would all be done. And and then you'd, you'd go pitch. Uh, you can edit that out. No, no. Or you can funny. double no, it up. No, 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 I can no, give you like more diarrhea comedy. It's like Johnny Carson. <laughs> Nothing is cut. And we cut, which uh, I'm not supposed to do. But this is the uh, first part 
of my conversation with Jay Lander. Um, the second part is coming in a few days. Please go to the website on cartoonlunch.com where uh, you can not only listen to all the podcast episodes, but you can also watch videos so you can see Mr. Lander in action and a bunch of links to what he's talking about and pictures. Um, so I hope you join us on the site and I hope you also listen to the second part coming up uh, in a few days, like I said, of uh, my conversation with Jay Lander. Thank you. Thank you.